Hey, listener, what's your beverage of choice today? What are you sipping on? What are you tossing back? What are you maybe in some cases slamming? I don't know. I, myself, am enjoying a hot cup of danger coffee. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, what is this danger coffee Riker keeps talking about? Well, head to the link in my social media bios, any one of them. It's got all the discounts and all the info and all the links and all the things I love and support, danger coffee being one of my favorites. Now, listener, you are in for a real treat, a real treat today, because this episode is all about Bobby my co-host. We take a deep dive into Bobby's story of growing up, playing football, and overcoming major obstacles in his life. It's truly incredible, and I think you're going to love it. So, as Bobby likes to say, bottoms up, it's glass half full. So much wasted energy on seeing glasses half empty, so let me be your fresh caffeine, and I can top you off. In case you missed it, I'm a keep it All right, Bobby, what are you drinking this morning? You know, I got some uh, positive sweet energy tea with a little Laird Hamilton mushroom boost. Oh, very nice. So it's tea, and is it the just the mushrooms, or is it the the creamer as well? Uh, it's just the brown powder. I don't know if that's the. I think it's just the mushroom powder. Yeah, yeah. So that's just mushrooms. So yeah, it's like lion's mane, cordyceps, and chaga, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think it's those three mushrooms, which is chocolate. great. My father-in-law loves that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. And you have the hat on. And I yeah, I have the Laird Superfood yeah, hat a, on. So a... shout out to uh to Laird Superfood. We're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to contact them after this and let them know we're big fans. Yeah. We want uh, your money. I, I do love yeah, <laughs> I do love uh a good uh Laird Superfood coffee creamer. I think it's really good. Today I'm I'm got uh, I've got danger coffee, which I've been meaning to ask them to send you some because uh, I, I, you're more of a tea guy though, mm-hmm. correct? I mess with the So teas. you like tea better than, but you like coffee. Yeah, I'll drink not coffee. Like a, yeah. I don't drink coffee. I'll take a tea, okay. but, but my, my morning, my routine usually involves tea, but I, I will drink, I'll drink coffee too, you know? Got you, got you. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have them send you stuff because I, this is my favorite coffee, uh, hands down. I, and granted, I have really? not tried Mike's yet, uh, which is our, our podcast mm. guest, Michael Borden. I haven't had his yet, which he said he was going to send us some. So yeah. well, the the verdict's still out on what my favorite coffee is because I haven't tried that yet. And he says it's really good and I trust him. But Danger you, Coffee, man, is it good. You've tried many. What, what, what country has the best coffee, would you say? Oh, that's a good question. Um, or does it depend on the, 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 the place making it? Yeah, it's probably... It's probably the place making it. Oh, yeah. Are you talking like origin, like of beans? Um, I wasn't, but I want to know that now. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know enough about uh, that. That's I what thought, I was about to say. I, like, I don't know. But, but from like travels, of, uh, Yeah, but from from like travels, um, I would say. Uh, you said Australia had really good. Um, yeah, Melbourne has good brunch for sure, which was, which was good coffee. Um, obviously Italy and France, you yeah. know, good espresso. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 I honestly, my favorite coffee is, is danger coffee that I make okay. at home in my French press. Like I do like, I, it's a full like morning ritual. So that's what I like. Can, um, that's cool. Can we talk about, can we talk about, I'm going to look down the barrel for this one. Can we talk about that 
coffee, no, that espresso drink we were having this weekend in Denver. Well, I don't even oh, know what yes. it was, yeah. but it was the greatest we, thing I, I've ever I don't had. know how to pronounce it. So, yeah, so Bobby and I have just discovered, which uh, our friends, uh, our fans in, uh, in Spain and Mexico, I'm sure, are very familiar. But you do, it's uh, a shot of espresso and a shot of liquor 43. Oh my now God. I had heard about this from uh, from uh, Newbie Fund from Shelby Archer, who's uh, oh in shout Fund. out. Um, and I had never tried it, but he was like, "Dude, it's 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 really really good." And um, then I saw it on the shelf, and I was like, "Oh, I had just read about this, and it's like the Mexico City. It's like the party drink. It's like what they do." Um, I don't know how it. I need to do more research, yeah. but it's liquor forty three and a shot of espresso, and shake it over ice. And then uh, typically they pour it over like a big uh, old fashioned cube, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but yeah, we kind of we kind of split one, and it kind of be- turned into a, like just a big shot uh, <laughs> right before we went to the Avs game, it was and it was delicious. So we were wired, we were a little boozy. It was a great combo. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> I wanted more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were we good, were on like a, a good search combo. around the, the arena for this drink. <laughs> yeah, 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 and then we were trying to find yeah liquor forty three eight ball arena, which was not going to happen. <laughs> They're like, we got Coors Light, sir. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. So, uh, so it's an interesting podcast today, Bobby, because uh, we have decided that uh, you know people have seen you on on TikTok and Instagram, and obviously we uh, we're growing the podcast and it's getting bigger and bigger every every week. Yes, but let's get to know Bobby wow. on a real deep serious level here so proceed with caution i'm proceed with caution yes smart smart move um no no. (laughs) body is amazing and and hopefully we can uncover all of the amazing things about bobby in in about an hour uh we might even have to go longer or we might have to do part two of this episode because bobby i'm just gonna i'm just gonna start with my uh my like overall uh meeting you and getting to know you so uh, we've talked about it a little bit on, on the podcast but bobby and i met at Capron funk's bachelor party Capron funk married my sister rydell who was just on the podcast and bobby and i we we made some cocktails and we were hanging out in the hot tub and we started talking about movies and we just hit it off instantly uh kind of kept in touch over the next couple months then at the wedding we threw down on the dance floor and so I and uh, we had previously worked on a movie and a TV show together. Then we start the podcast. I'm like, I want to be, I want to have this kind of energy around. You know, that's really what the podcast is all yeah. about for me. Is like finding like energy and, and connecting with really cool people. Um, so the fact that I get to do this with you every week is I'm so grateful and it's such an honor. Me too. Um, I'm such a, I'm such a huge fan of yours. So we have been, we've grown really, really close over the years and I had never seen you in stand up until, uh, this last weekend. And I gotta say, man, it, you were just incredible. I mean, you blew the house down and you're going first and in comedy that's, uh, I imagine there's a there's a certain extra level of pressure to that because you gotta you gotta light them up right away. Like there's no warm up period for yeah. you. You just you're coming out cold, you know. And you, I, I saw two shows and you, you did five shows, so I saw uh, two two thirds kind of two out of five. That's and, right. Uh, two thirds is not the correct math now that I'm thinking about it out loud. But <laughs> it's I saw two shows, and uh, it was dude, you were just so funny. So like I, your presence and your stage presence, your commanding of the crowd, dude, I laughed so freaking hard and I got us, I got to salute you 
for wow. that and putting all the time in because you've been you've been do you've been grinding like crazy for this. So uh mad props, man, Thank because you, I I I think about that and I'm just like, gosh, the the amount of energy and the amount of time that you have put into this craft and you're really freaking funny, man. Thank like you, I was man. crying laughing. My in-laws were laughing, and then my aunt and uncle came for the next show. Like we just, we had such an amazing that was time. So, much fun. so my hat's off to you. I appreciate I'm not taking that. this hat off because my hair is a disaster this morning. <laughs> but um, hey, coming from a person on your elite level of live entertainment, that's just like you can't get a better, you can't get better flowers than that, man. So I, I really appreciate that. And it was a lot of fun just seeing your whole family. It was so fun. That was one of the best week. That club too is is notoriously known as one of the best clubs in the world for comedy. And um, yeah, Ian Bag sold out shows. It, it just couldn't be better than that. Yeah, so cool to meet Ian. He was fantastic. We got to get him on the podcast we because will. I feel like him and him and I have a lot of in common uh-huh. with the with the hockey and whatnot. And uh, so, so Bobby, so let's let's take it back to your childhood. Like, what was mm. what was your childhood like? Were you always the funny one? Yeah, uh, pretty much. My whole family is like you've met a lot of my family. We're all pretty outgoing, pretty funny, like just very like, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Like, zany people. Your your sister and your mom definitely have uh, yeah, for they, sure. They got a quick sense of humor for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And my family was always we never you know we were always pretty laid back. We loved to uh, we didn't ever take anything too serious. Like you know my mm-hmm. I think my family ha- did a good job of. Uh, you know, just like going with the flow and we were always, you know, the, the we'd always like host all the parties like in our neighborhood and our, it's very similar to you guys as well. Like we like to have community involved and stuff. Uh, but yeah, so I'm the, I'm the third kid of four children in my family. Um, so usually the younger ones are, are more of like the entertainers I've, I've heard at least, um, uh, your situation is probably a little bit different. I think it seems like it seems like the later siblings are a little bit more of the docile ones, and you and Rydell are more of the really high energy ones. Yeah, I, uh, it's different. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, everyone has their moments of like yeah. really, you know, turning on the the energy or the or the charisma. It's all yeah. Everyone and then and then I think Rydell and I also have our moments of like, hey, I just need to chill. Don't talk to me. Yeah, you know, true. Um, yeah, true. So it's a little, it's kind of all, 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 we have like a lot of, a little bit of everything, I think. Yeah. We know a little yeah. about a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a great way to put it. Um, so yeah, so my mom tells me that um, I had a lot of, like my family is very loving, but I had a lot of self-confidence issues because I had two older brothers that were really good at everything. And oh, really? I was just, yeah, and we're all like two years apart. So, or, so my brother was born in 92, my other brother was born in 94 and then I was born in 97. So mm-hmm. it's about two, two, three. And then my sister's like another three. So my mom would tell me that, um, you know, and we were all like really loving and supportive, but she said that you would always feel really discouraged because you couldn't do things as good as your older brothers. But it wasn't because like you lacked the ability. You were just like a lot younger than they were when you were like trying to play the video games or right, go out and play right. the sports. Like you always, she was like, you always felt like you like sucked and like you weren't like good. And like, you were just like, so, uh, interesting what you, yeah. But she said, but what you did, what you ended up doing, I think she said like to kind of counteract that is I would always just try to make them laugh. Like yeah. she said, like I, when we were playing one example, she has when we were playing video games, um, like we'd play Mario Kart and she said like I learned how to imitate all the 
characters and like what they said. <laughs> I'd be at the dinner table just like imitating them and just like making them crack up. Okay. And I think she said that like once I saw how much they were laughing at like me doing that, she said I like went full into like just being like as silly as possible. So I think that might have started the the roots of like trying to be like comedic relief, like trying to be funny because I felt like it was a place where I could excel and like kind of stand out amongst a family of a lot of achievers because you know my family's you know they're very like highly motivated like highly my oldest brother is a patent attorney um for like one of the biggest companies in silicon valley my other brother has his master's in architecture um and he works at a firm and uh, my little sister has her like degree from berkeley in like nuclear chemistry or something so like we're all we've all been <clears throat> credit to my parents we're all very like motivated and and um supportive and, and really like very ambitious so um I, I, I definitely uh, feel like I, I leaned into that and it helped me um, it helped me kind of deal with like some of the self-confidence stuff that I definitely had. I was def- also like very skinny kid. So like, uh, and a very awkward, like I definitely had like the awkward phases. So okay. my family's very athletic as well. And this kind of played into the rest of my, my childhood too. Um, I feel like we're on Oprah right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually never really talked about this like uh, on anything, but no. So my brothers were also, my oldest brother was really good at football and basketball. My other brother was really good at water polo and basketball. And I was like, I was very, I think I might've shown you a picture. I was like very skinny. And I was like, they used to call me Bambi. Cause I was really awkward moving. Like I couldn't, really? I wasn't very athletic. Yeah. Not at all. Like I was very, it was weird because, and I wanted to be super athletic cause my brothers were really good at sports, but I was like, I was tall and skinny and I was really awkward. Like, like not personally, but like just with my body, I couldn't, I wasn't super like athletic. So, so like all growing up, like, um, but the, the, but the other thing was, so like when we, you know, we'd, we'd be in like elementary school, middle school, I would be getting picked last, which is like the, you know, the stereotypical thing. It would suck when we play basketball or football. I remember always getting picked last because it's like, I wasn't like very athletic, but the only like saving grace in that was, when people were picking me last, it wasn't like, oh man, we got Bobby on the team. They were like stoked because like I was always really funny. I'd be like hyping <laughs> everyone up, doing the yeah. work. So like they were always like, oh cool, we got him. But, like we're not gonna pick him for his athletic ability, but, but we're at we least kind of like a cool team. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's how it was. So like every single time when I played football, my brother was like the star quarterback, all this stuff. I was always riding the bench, like growing up, always every sport. <laughs> I was like the kid that like, wow. you got to get this kid 10 plays in football and then bring him back in. Or like, he gets like a quarter in basketball. Like the, I, I had to meet the requirements of how much the kids were allowed to play. And then they would bring me back in. So I always felt, <laughs> I always felt like kind of like bummed about that. And I really wanted to be good. And, um, and, um, it wasn't just something I was naturally good at. I was naturally kind of good at when we, our schools would have plays and stuff. I would really excel. Oh, yeah, that. for but, sure. Like, I never. Yeah. So, like, I think that's kind of where my real, like, talents were. But I never pursued it because it wasn't discouraged in my household. But, like, sports were, like, the only thing anyone really cared about. So, I didn't yeah, really Yeah, sports were highlighted, it sounds like. And, and yes. um, what's the word? They were, uh, they were, like, encouraged kind of naturally because your brothers are yeah. good and they're doing it. So, they're, you know. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and my, my family never told me I was no good. My dad was like, they never, like, they were always like really supportive and trying to, to help me out. So that's why it was like, never like a negative experience, but deep down, I always wish that I could be better. And like, you know, yeah. so, so, uh, but, but during all that time I was finding ways to like 
bring value for myself being entertaining. I was always winning like the class clown and always like <laughs> winning like the, I was always like, like being in all of his sports videos and stuff, because I remember there's this one basketball highlight. I didn't have a single uh, shot or anything in the highlight, but like they would do like cut scenes, like the, the, the team that season, they, they were uh-huh. like, they made like a long thing for the season. There'd be like cut scenes and it'd be like a guy swishing a three. And it'd be like me doing the worm on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> and like everybody at the banker would be yeah, like cheering. Woo! So like, so I made the most, I made the most of it, you know, like I wasn't that good. I would try really hard. It wasn't like I wouldn't, um, which kind of goes into when I got into high school, I still wasn't very good. My brother had just like, my brother's four years older than me. So like he always leaves as soon as I enter something. Mm -hmm. So, and he was always like, he was like team captain, all state. So like every single time he'd leave, I would come in and would be like, Oh, you're Will's brother. Here we go. We got another all state guy. And I'm like, Oh, so I'd always have these big expectations. A lot of expectations. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's interesting is that you now are in are like totally confident, and you know you went to college. Obviously, we'll, we'll get to that point. You played football, but like yeah. I, I, when you when you said you had like self confidence issues, I that I was that's very surprising. I did not expect that because you're such you're so outgoing and you're so comfortable in your own skin now. So what for sure? What where was the change where you were like, oh yeah, no, yeah. I'm I'm I'm. I'm happy and I'm uh, I'm totally cool with being with being me because obviously sure. and we like we got you 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 made the transition because you obviously got good at football at some point because you went to college and mm-hmm. played you know high level. Yep. Yeah, I finally turned the corner. So yeah. So what was the what was the change? When did that happen? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was always able to like take these kind of like insecure feelings and self confidence stuff, and I was always able to channel into something positive in terms of being like a good teammate, being positive, like. Uh, And that's why I always tell people, like, no matter how you are, it's something you can like your attitude is the one thing that you can directly change. You can't really control your natural ability. You know, you you can control your work ethic and your attitude and that will always take you a long way, you know. So so in high school, um, you know, I had these big expectations for my brother. They had just won a a CIF championship uh, on the football team and stuff. And uh, my first couple of years, like I didn't really play. I was kind of like third string, fourth string. And my sophomore year, um, there was this, I, I, uh, this coach, uh, started coming by who used to play for the head coach that I was playing for in high school. Mm -hmm. His name was Paul coach Paul and coach Paul started training some of the guys like speed training. Like it wasn't, it wasn't uh, related to football, but he literally had this garage in Canyon Lake and he would take us select group of guys to go and like train like agility and just like overall athleticism. And he was, he was like this, like, he was like this Mr. Miyagi, like sense, he called himself the speed sensei. And he was just (laughs) like, and, and like, he always, he always had like the best guys that he would like bring over. And a lot of my friends would go over with them. And one of the practices, they introduced him to me and like, I wasn't like really anything special, but like he saw something in me just from like, I think like from conditioning or something, like how hard I would push myself. And he's like, Hey, I want you to come like train with me. And and then I was all my friends were there. I was like, oh my gosh, like Coach Paul wants me to like come train with him. Like that's awesome. Yeah. And like and I was like the least athletic guy. So we so I started training with him and uh like he completely changed my life. Like just overall like mentality. Like he would do specific drills. Like I would be kind of I was never as good as like everybody else, but he was like working with me like every single day. We used to do like these step up things where literally like your feet where you just like take one leg and you just put it up like on like a 
on like a uh, like a like a stone fence. It's kind of like like okay. hip high level, and you would just put your leg up there like you're simulating running because he's like all about like speed and like technique. And I would literally do like a thousand reps each leg, and wow. I'd be at his. I go I go to his house after every school, be there for like two hours, three hours, just work my brains out. And over time, I started to develop the athleticism and like I was growing into my own body and like he was just mentally so good at like like teaching me how to be like more self-confident and like so it's sort of like a customado Mike Tyson relationship in that (laughs) regard and uh so that a lot of good memories there yeah doing those doing these exercises you got it was all speed focused so you got really fast yeah I got really really fast really agile and then but mostly learned how to because my 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 kind of awkwardness never left but like I learned how to use my body in an athletic way and like yeah. use the naturally good things in my he knew how to take my natural ability whatever i had and shape it toward being the best football player possible and i remember like after like a summer of him i went every single day we'd do two a days and this guy would kill us like it was the hardest workouts <laughs> of all like i've ever had like like we were literally pushing up he would sit in a golf cart. We'd push him up a giant hill. Yeah. And like, I'd be throwing up. Like I throw up like, so he's, I'd be throwing up all the time <laughs> and he loved filming stuff. So he'd always be like zooming in when I was throwing up. Oh God. Uh, we'd like, <laughs> it, it was really funny. Um, and yeah, we just grinded. And then, um, like the, the year, like the summer after I was working with him, it was like my junior year. I was like fourth on the depth chart. And we, we had like the first week of practice and I just, like it just all clicked. Like everything clicked, like my mentality clicked, my, I felt like comfortable. And I, like, I felt like I wasn't, and the, the, I also realized the mentality had been holding me back a lot because a lot of the times I didn't want to make a mistake or I didn't feel like, but when I felt yeah. like confident in my own abilities, the first week of practice, like I remember the very first play, I get off the ball, doing all the technique and I get it like a tackle for loss. on like our starting group when I was just like a scout team player, I was literally on the yeah. scout team, like my whole life. And then, and then I was like, what the? Like, that was easy. Like, what the heck is going on? And then the coach, like, the coaches kind of look around like, all right, uh, run it again, run it again. And then I go again. And it's like the starting guy. And I freaking, like, rip past him. Another TFL. Yeah. And they're like, what is going on? And I remember my coach talked about in his speech. He's like, he's like, all of a sudden, you know, we got this guy fourth on the depth chart. He's Will's brother. He's a great teammate. He's always enthusiastic. One of the hardest working guys. And just, at, like, first day of practice, he just – like we just see him get off the ball, TFL, TFL, like, and then I was just like unstoppable. Yeah. And like so I literally watched myself like week to week, like my name move up and up and up, and then I was a starter, and then I was a two way starter. Yeah. And then I was working, and then and it was during two-way season I was going you're playing, out. Uh, you're playing tight end and, and defensive end. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm like on varsity. I'm so like this is crazy. Like I I would have never. And how old are like, you at this I, point? I, I was that was like when I was probably like 16. Okay. And I'm starting to get big. Like I was probably my freshman year, I was 5'11", probably 135 pounds. Whoa. And by the time I was, by the time I was a senior, I was like 6'2", 215. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you, just, you, you, cause you were already pretty tall and then you just, you yeah. filled out, you came into your, your, you know, you, you got comfortable in your yeah. own skin kind of. Exactly. Wow. And, and a credit to my, and credit to my oldest brother too. He, he was like an, a, another like kind of coach Paul type of mentor and coach. Cause he, he would train me in the weight room. So I would usually do two hours with coach Paul and then an hour with my older brother um, with, with, with uh, weights. He really knew how to like put on muscle and, and wow. do weight. So I was getting the speed and the muscle from these two guys that were pouring so much life into me and helping me out. So, yeah. so, so then I had a good high school, um, a good high school career. 
um, which led to like a lot of colleges reaching out, um, which is really awesome. Cause if you would ask anybody freshman year, sophomore yeah. year of high school, like if I would ever play college football, they'd be like, no, there's no <laughs> chance. <laughs> Even me, I'm like, I was trying to figure out what to do. I was like, I love this game, but, um, it, it just, it just is like, and it truly wasn't like anything magical is I was just putting in the work every single day and I just yeah. never let that. And it was something that I wasn't even naturally good at, but it was just, I just wanted it so bad and I worked so hard that, and that taught me a lot about life. And then I went to college um, and then, yeah, continued to play. And then uh, I was, I was a lot better when I was in college, but I kind of had a similar thing too. my freshman year. I was, I was on the scout team and I had to really prove my, it was the same, same story. My brother had just left. He was all conference. They won the conference. Um, and uh, I thought I was ready for college football, but it's much different game. It's because the cool thing about college football is everybody was the best player on their high school team. Cause you think right. you're like the yeah. best player. You're like, I'm coming. Now you're playing with everybody who was the best player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to come in here and start. I'm like, Oh man, it's same thing. So I, I remember I was like third on the depth depth chart, even going into college. And I just did the same formula and it ended up working my way up. And then I was first string uh, my last two years. It was all conference. And uh, yeah. And that taught me a lot about myself and like, you know, hard work, and becoming like who you're going to be and it gained a lot of the self-confidence I think has helped carry me into like every other facet of my life. Yeah. So uh, that, that's football is a big part of my childhood. And, and then the people that I've only had good, good experiences of people higher than me pouring into me so that I can, you know, develop myself. Yeah. As like mentors, mentors are important, man. And, and, uh, it so sounds important. like you had some amazing, uh, support along the way. I, I think, People uh, underestimate that. Like I remember talking to uh, my stunt coordinator for Aliens. I just happened to. It's funny how all things just work out sometimes, right? I just happened yeah. to rent this guy's Airbnb in Los Angeles. We're getting ready to shoot Aliens, and he's like, "Hey, you know what are you guys doing out here?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. I'm, I'm making this short film," and um, he's like, "Oh, no way! I work in film too. I'm a stunt coordinator." I'm like, "Wow, that's cool." Uh -huh. Yeah. So I, I, of course, you know, I, IMDB his name and this dude's like worked on so many things. Uh, you know, he's like one of the black Panther, uh, stunt doubles. Uh, nice. he's, you know, he's in the matrix, you know, uh, like tons of stunts. Dang. And he's like, he's like, you got any, he's asking me the next day. I'm like, you know, we're talking about like his career and stuff. He's like, you got any stunts in your movie? I'm like, I, there's a, there's a fight scene, but I don't really, you know, I, I was just going to kind of wing it. And he, he goes, well, let me, let me read the script. I'll, I'll come, uh, I'll come help you out. Just like offered it out of nowhere. And this guy's no like way. got credits, you know? And it's, yeah. And he, and I was like, I was like that, that's the most, you know, that's so generous of you to just dedicate your time and we're doing night shoots. Right. So he came over to, to do yeah. the stunts at like one o'clock in the morning, you know, that's cause insane. it's all night. Was that the, was that the, was that the, the pot with Gus? Is yep. that the one? Yeah. And oh, so I, and I, I get that, jabbed. That looks really good too. I, yeah. I get jabbed in the stomach with the bat and he's like, just, That's he's, right. he's like, I'm going to be right behind you. Just fall into me. And I, he's like, you can go, you can fall hard. I will catch you. I, he's like, I promise. And then he even brought That's like, so cool. he brought these like mat pads. And so when Gus is thrown into the bushes, Gus just dives onto this mat. Like, so he, it was like, <laughs> it was like super legit. So yeah, it um, looks so realistic. And I was like, that's so, so generous for you to just dedicate your time to a total stranger. And he goes, you know what? I had so many people help me out, help me along the way. He's like, I just yeah. want to give back. 
And so, and so that's just such a, it was so refreshing to hear that. Like he had no interest in like gaining anything for himself. He just wanted to give back to, uh, you know, uh, a fellow filmmaker and it was just the coolest thing. So it sounds like you've had, you had guys like that. And I I think that's so, so cool. So you're, you're, you're going through high school and you're getting better and better. And then college, you're you're getting better and better. You worked your way at the depth chart both times. Were you doing any sort of like school plays or any kind of comedy things around this time? Or was it all football? Not really. So my, my major was broadcast journalism. Okay. I, my original plan was to be an anchorman because I loved anchorman. I to be <laughs> You're Ron like, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be the real Ron Burgundy here. <laughs> I was. I was. It's like, tell me that would have been a great job for me. Um, so I was I was so the only thing like that was I was like uh, I was news anchoring our like, college like newscast, which was really fun. I was like making it really fun and I would be really funny. So I think that was sort of like a funny. Album oh, yeah. You'd have been amazing. And then and then on the team, too, I was still the same guy. A lot of people prepare differently. Um, a lot of people are different, but I, I like to say I was similar to like Gronk. Like I was very hard working, but like I was always like we'd score. I'd get a sack. I'd run off the field. I grabbed like the cheerleaders pom poms and I'd start like dancing <laughs> to the crowd. You know, yeah, like, you were, I loved. Get- you're a showman. You were a showman. Naturally, dude. Game day was my favorite. Like I oh, loved yeah. when the fans were there. Like so I so that was where I think I got that uh, out of my system. Um, it was, okay. it was really fun to, so I feel like I got to, I really, I really leaned into the performance aspect of sports as well. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. And then, which was you, really cool. and then I know your, your, your senior year, uh, you had the big injury, correct? Yeah. So that happened, oh man, that was like a whirlwind of things. Um, after my last game, um, so my, I, I, I was having like sciatica because also my senior year we had um our, our defense was incredible but we had one of our best o-linemen tears acl like right before the season and then we didn't have like one of our other o-linemen like left and um we literally had an all freshman o-line oh damn so like <laughs> so our, our defense was like one our defense was one yeah our defense was one of the best defenses in the conference like especially our d-line it was me mm-hmm. this guy named tui Fatui Olamatu and uh, Tristan Smith. And we were like, we, like literally they were like writing articles about us. Like we were unstoppable. Like we were we, like, like we were nightmares. Like we had like an insane defensive line. Like I think <laughs> I got 10 sacks that season. Tristan Smith got 10 sacks. Tui got like 20 TFLs. Like we were like, teams were like, <laughs> yeah, coaches yeah. were coming up after the game and shaking my hand. Like we, all we did was prepare for you guys. Yeah. But our, our offense took a big hit. So they were, they was like three and outs all day. So we were playing literally like 110 plays a game. Usually like, it's like, wow. Usually yeah, like 50, 50. if things are going well, yeah, it should be like, like defense plays like 60 plays, offense plays 60 plays. We were playing almost the, the amount of time we spent on the field was insane. So we were getting pretty banged up. And uh, I think <clears throat> I herniated my disc a little bit probably just during the season not no not herniated at that point it was just like i was just probably bulging disc i was like getting sciatica mm-hmm. um and it bothered me all season like i could i was like it was like some weeks like walking to meetings i would like it'd probably be like half a mile like from like the facility to like where we were gonna like have our like meetings is in foot like football you meet all the time watch film and i would have to like take breaks to like sit down to like rest because wow. like, my back would be hurting yeah 
and I was still playing. So like before every game I was like doing, they were scraping, I was getting massages. Like, so they were really keeping me together for that season. So I was battling a tough back injury during that, that season as well. And then after the season, I really wanted to get away from it. And I was kind of dumb. I just thought, cause I was like 280 pounds. It's like, if I lose a bunch of weight, it should take some pressure off my back. So I was like, and I also wanted to like get smaller cause I was, it was fun, but I didn't want to be 280 pounds of like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Cause it was like, I was super strong, but it was like, I want to be able to fit in a car, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, let me shed this weight. So dude, oh. I like after the football season ended, I started running like four miles a day and that just made it worse. Like I, oh, I yeah. ended up hurt, hurt. I went way too hard on the exercise. I did lose a lot of weight, but I herniated my disc. And I, and I shouldn't have done that. I should have taken more time to, um, you know, just being young and dumb. So, so at that point I, uh, I herniated my disc and like, dude, I literally like started to become like deformed. Like I could barely walk. And then it was, it sucked, dude. Like I was, and I was just like, I wasn't near my family. And during that time too, we had a really, really like kind of devastating thing happen to our family, just like in terms of like financially and just like, like family stuff. So uh-huh. that year I was battling that as well. Like we didn't, I didn't even know at the beginning of the season, if I was going to be able to play because my, I didn't know if my family were like, we, I didn't even know if we were going to have a house or if we were going to be homeless. Like it was getting, it was like that bad. So I oh, wow. went into my like last season of football with that, which uh, thankfully I had like a good season, but um, so, so I, I, I did. So then, so then I have the injury and then my second year into college, that's kind of still playing into everything. So so I'm like crippled. I don't know what to do. I can't afford to go see any doctors. I have to move out of my apartment as well. And I literally lived in a garage my last year of football or my last year of college. I, I moved into like my friend's garage and I was living in a garage, like sleeping next to a lawnmower for oh, my last shit. semester of college. And I'm crippled, so I can't do anything. So I'm just laying in this bed in this garage for like 12 hours a day, going to class like just like now, now, a couple real times quick, a week. Just to clarify, so you, your, your back is so injured that you, you're like, you can't, you're like stuck, right? So you, you can walk, but it's super painful. It's super painful. Like okay. just the, I, the thought of getting up and doing anything is just like super mentally exhausting because it's like I can't, I, I can walk, but it's you walk like ten feet and your like back is just on fire, and it's just like it's just a miserable way to live. Yeah. <clears throat> And your spine, um, you were like kind of stuck like this, right? You were kind of curved. Yeah. So like, so what happened was, so what happened was, cause I got the sciatic or since I herniated the disc and I was still exercising, which is so dumb, but like, I have a good ability. I'm like, I have a good ability to just like block pain out. Just which turn is it off. Good yeah. I, yeah, exactly. And I'm that, the exact opposite. I have like a, I have like a finger <laughs> prick. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just, uh, that's where my psychotic brain comes into play. But, um, no, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, I didn't have any way to like get real treatment. So, um, I was just, I was just dealing with the pain. Um, but yeah, what happened was I was working out really hard. So my body started compensating for the, like the pain. So mm-hmm. like, cause I was continuing to exercise. So it started to compensate me in positions that would relieve the pain. So that's right. why I started to like hunch over and like my spine started to curve a little bit because it was trying to like compensate overcompensate for the side of my body like not being able to be functional so so that was rough but during that time 
it was like the low, that was probably the lowest part of my entire life. Just with everything going on, like living in that garage, it could. Yeah. So like, last, how, how did you mentally power through that? Because that sounds, that sounds incredibly difficult. It was really hard, man. It was, it was the hardest time of my life. And, um, I had, I had, I had, so like the support from loved ones, of course. Uh-huh. Um, um, but, but also this kind of plays into, to getting into comedy was, um, you know, I really didn't know what I was going to do either. Like I was, I was laying in that bed. Uh, I had a lot of time to think cause you know, th- that that's supposed to be the most fun semester of college too, because it's the one semester I don't have football. Like the, you don't, when you play a sport, you don't get any social life until the yeah. very last semester when the football is over, it's supposed to be the time for me to like enjoy college. And I couldn't do that either. So I, I didn't get to do a lot of the stuff. So I, I would be, and you know, you're definitely like depressed and, and, and upset and you're just mad and, um, but like, I just had a lot of time to think. And, and also my major, like my plan for like work too, was like getting to, to, to news broadcasting. But when I was interning at these news stations, I think I'll tell you this, they were all like, they're like, don't do this. Like, this isn't going anywhere. Like nobody watches the yeah, news anymore. Yeah. Cable. And then, and then it was like during like the first Trump. And so it was like, everyone hated the news. So I'm like, Oh, so like, the thing I haven't even pursuing, I can't even do. I was like, what yeah. am I going to do? Like, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be freaking, you know, like disabled. Like, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what job I'm going to get. And, um, and then I just, I just started, I just started thinking about what, what I really loved. And I just loved making people happy. I love making people laugh. And I was a huge fan of, you know, Joe Rogan podcast, Joe. And I was always listening to stand up comedians and stuff. And I started to get really inspired by the journey of stand up comedians. A lot of them had similar mentalities to how I felt about the world and how, like, you know, I don't take anything too seriously and, yeah. and kind of like, you know, um, not being like the best, but channeling like just very similar uh, people to what I felt like, um, I had like gone through or like the, like, you know, like, uh, feeling like they need to entertain in order to, you know, stand out and stuff like just like hearing similar stories of that. So I started learning more about comedy, reading books. And then like, once you really get into something, you know, you really nerd out about it and I'm just learning everything. I'm watching every special and I'm getting, I'm like, I was like, and I was trying to think of other things I would want to do outside of college and all the jobs that I thought were fun, like, tv like sitcom writer family feud host like i was like these are the, like i when i sat down and really thought like what what would if i could no money was involved um what what would i really do if like i could do anything and i was like the and then it was like stuff like that i was like i, I would love to like write for tv shows i'd love to do comedy i'd love to make people laugh i'd love to be an entertainer and it's weird because when you're an academic space, you would never say that because nobody, like yeah. everybody's there for like a serious reason. So like, uh-huh. so I was just like, well, you know, and then the more I looked into all the people that I idolized and all the jobs that I wanted to get, and you look at all these hosts and all these people that are in these things, you read their Wikipedias, you read their, their biographies. They all start with stand up. Most of them, mm-hmm. like almost every funny person that you see on TV or hosting something or in a show you can always usually trace it back to stand-up comedy. So I was like, there's gotta be something to like stand-up because it looks like this is a way that a lot of people break into these type of careers, you know? So I was like, let me, let me learn everything I can about stand-up. So now I'm watching like every stand-up special. I'm reading every stand-up book and I'm getting really juiced. So I'm like, all right, let me, let me, let me try this thing. I was like, let me see. And like, and people have been telling me for a while that I like, it wasn't like a leap. You know, some people were like, Oh, like people would be like, 
they would think it's crazy. I tried it when I was telling people I was going to try to do stand up. They're like, yeah, that, that seems like very yeah, logical. Like, <laughs> that was like a weird thing too. That's funny. They were like, <laughs> oh, like, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, good job. Like I was like, I don't know if that's like a compliment or because uh, <laughs> <laughs> usually like I was waiting for the people to be like, are you sure you want to do this? Cause you hear stories about that. Like, yeah, are you sure you want to, you know, you got a degree. Everyone's like, oh no, you should do that. You should definitely do that. So it was like a weird, <laughs> it was a different situation than most people get when you're, pursuing like a like a pipe dream almost they're all like yeah you can definitely like i always yeah. wanted people to be like you can't do it because i felt like it would motivate me more but like if people are always like oh yeah bro you could do that easily <laughs> which is like kind of funny so that was cool um so then i did my first so my my college had um an open mic that they would do and i went to a very liberal arts uh college in oregon so there weren't okay. many people doing stand-up it'd usually be like slam poetry or yeah. you know, <laughs> vagina rights activists. Uh, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I kept kidding. I can't. But very like you know, performance art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like you know, like maybe like jazz guy or like you know something with cool stuff. But it wasn't like it wasn't like a crazy like open mic talent show type. You, know? <laughs> you get the vibe, all right? So, so I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. Like, I'm gonna just, um, first time I'm gonna perform, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna invite all my buddies, yeah. and I'm gonna perform at my college open mic, which was just like in this, in our, in our college cafeteria. There was like this, like little, like kind of like uh, indoor, like amphitheater to the side where they would do like events and stuff. Okay. So, I hit up the, the whatever the organization that like ran these things, like the student body thing, and like I told them that I wanted to do it, and they're like, all right, cool, like, um yeah come you can come do the next one like march 1st 2019 i remember the date and um <laughs> and i was like all right let, let, that that's awesome um but they're like but we, we we need you to come in the day before and like do your act for us so we can make sure you can do it oh for so real like, they had you te- they had you audition oh my god yeah, okay yeah and i guarantee nobody i think this is, the, this is like bro i'm telling you this is the least glamorous open like a college I mean, it wasn't like a thing people went to like right. because i went like and brought my football buddies it was like the highest record attendance of all time so <laughs> so i had to so I had, so I had to go do so i was like what you told me i gotta like i'm already nervous yeah so i it's so literally wait, like real, this real Quick, real quick, are you yeah. are you you're 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 healed now, correct? Because you you did no, dude. I'm doing all this oh. with a bad back. Okay, you're in pain. Yeah, and oh every time I'm on stage, I'm like forcing myself to like stand up straight. Like, yeah, like, oh, dude, Jesus. I was okay. But like, the, sorry, dude, continue. I had I had a goal. All good. I had a goal. I was like, I'm gonna get into stand up as hard as I went with football, and like all the lessons I learned, you know, and like, and then I also thought I was like, okay, I'm I'm good at making people laugh, and Football, I wasn't, I was like the least athletic person and I worked that hard and achieved that high. What if I work, do the same work ethic to something that I'm naturally good at? Like mm-hmm. if I was naturally good at sports and if I was like, maybe it could work out. So, so then, um, so yeah, so I do the the thing to this guy and he's like the, he's like the, you know, the, the typical kind of Portland guy, you know, he's like, you know, like, like he's like watching There's like another girl. She's got like blue hair, like not hating or anything, but like just very different than, and, uh, I was just, I didn't say anything crazy. I was just being genuine. I was, and I was making them laugh 
And that's not how you should do stand-up. If, if you want a comedian to hate you, you say, tell me a joke, like just one-on-one yeah. on one to them. And they'll be like, fuck you. So like, it's not easy to perform comedy that way. And I was just like, all right, I'm just going to do it like how I would do it on stage. So I'm like in this guy's little office, walking around, you ever noticed that in Oregon, <laughs> the truth? And like, they're like dying. I do like two yeah. jokes and he's like, all right. He's like, you're good. You're good. You can do it. I was like, okay, sweet. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so then, so then we have the open mic. And, um, so then we, and I was like, and, uh, and I invite all my football buddies, they all come, they, they like drink and they come and they're like full, like packed out. And, um, and they have like the whole thing going on. It's just like, you know, there's like weird, I don't know, like spoken words stuff, like people that, you know, yeah, like, the vibes were not, not like matching. That, yeah. 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 But, but like everyone was stoked to see me go, you know? So I was just like, so I was getting ready. And then funny enough, I didn't know this until I showed up. So I'm all ready to go. I got like a 10 minute thing. I'm like, let's go. I'm like in the bathroom, like reading it over, like making yeah. sure my buddies are like all stoked. And every year or every um, open mic, the school would hire a professional at something to come and be like the last act. So it was like an open mic for students. And then it was like, the appeal was they would bring in like a band. They sometimes had. Oh, so it's a, like a, a surprise guest of like somebody yes. that's re- like legit. Exactly. Okay. And usually it, Usually it'd be like a, ba- like a, some kind of like Portland, like indie band, you uh-huh. know, like it would be like a magician that was on America's Got Talent season four right. or something. And it was just like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, and they never, ever had a comedian. But that the day I decided to do it, the com- they had a comedian as the headliner. No way. Comedian. Yes. Just so rare. Like they never had. It was always like some like popular jazz player or like a yodeler or something uh-huh. like from the bra- and it was like and so i was like this is crazy so i literally went before this guy doing an hour so i was basically opening for a professional comedian so yeah. i was like this is crazy so so they have hit so um who was the comedian it, so it was this guy and we're gonna get him on the podcast we, we can talk about this his name oh, is francisco perfect. ram Francisco Ramos. Okay. And, uh, and then th- that plays into like the next thing. So, so I go up and I'm like, all right, I'm opening for a guy now, like a professional comedian, which is like, <clears throat> never like the school, like it's just crazy coincidence that it would be the, the first right. one I decided to do. It's that. Yeah. And I go up dude, and I just like, let it all go. Like I was just, I was on one. It was one of the best, set, even to this day is one of the best sets I ever had because <laughs> I was, my buddies were there. They were dying. And I was just like roasting all the things about the school that everybody like hated. And right. like, even the, <laughs> even the regular kids liked it. Like it was awesome. Like I was, I was like impersonating the president of the college. Cause he sounded like, <laughs> this is puff. I was like, I was like, and people were not, I was like, dude, I was like, I probably went for like 12 minutes and I had like the killer set. And yeah. dude, I, I, when I was up there, I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This yeah, is the most incredible in yeah. thing I've ever done it was so <laughs> awesome and um and uh, yeah that was a really cool moment um just to go for it like that um so i get off everyone's like yeah and then and then and then there's one more act and it's, it's francisco ramos and they're like he's coming from he was in rio you know uh, comedy central and i'm just like this so i'm already in a like i'm like oh, i'm gonna do this forever so i'm gonna watch this guy and they're like um comedy store which like i've been reading all about it's like the mecca anyone that's past there is Good, right. one of the best comedians in the world so i'm like oh my god now i get to watch a guy and then he goes up he freaking kills it and i'm just like mesmerized i just did 10 minutes he's going for an hour i'm like this is the most amazing thing <laughs> i've ever seen so he goes 
And uh, and he gets done and uh, people are lining up to take pictures with him. And I was like, I got to take a picture with this guy. Like, this is really yeah. cool. And I and I go and he goes and and I go up to Francisco. That's so crazy because we're such good friends now. It was like so, he <laughs> I was like a crazy person. Yeah. Um, but I go, dude, like, I was like, I was like, I was like, that was so awesome. Like, I, I, he's like, he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, oh, I saw you up. He's like, good job, man. Like, thanks for warming them up. <laughs> he's from Venezuela. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And then he's like, and then he's like, uh, he's like, how long have you been doing stand up? And I was like, that was my first time. He's like, that was your first time. He's like, that, that was good, man. He's like, keep it going. <laughs> I was like, Sick. oh, my God. And, yeah. and I literally like he must have thought I was the biggest weirdo. Cause I was like, I was like, I want to, I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, I don't even care about my degree. This is all I, I care about. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, he was like, he's like, good. He was so cool. He was like, he's like, good man. He's like, he's like, here, take my number. If you're ever down in LA, I'll bring you by the comedy. Like, just you know, like keep going at it. He's like, I, I was, I had an accounting degree, I had a regular job. It wasn't for me, and I started pursuing this, and uh, it turned into like something that I get paid to do. And he's like, if you really want to do it start going hard and, and performing and, and get up on any, and I was like, yeah. this, give me his personal number. And I was like, Oh my God, this is crazy. He's like, yeah, have a great night. And I was like, wow, like what a, like, and then that just like showed me that that was like God being like, this is, this is the, this is your path out of this dark place. You know, I really yeah. felt like all those things coming together. I was like, this is something to do. And then from that point on, I was, I was still living in that garage. I bought a motorcycle for 700 bucks from this sketchy guy in Forest Grove, Oregon, <laughs> that you had to use a you had to use a screwdriver to turn on. Like literally, he probably oh, shit. <laughs> I had to use a screwdriver to turn on. He's like, I don't and know I where the keys the- are, so just uh, you know, use the screwdriver, yeah. and you're good to go. He's like, <laughs> Cause, now, cause uh, now, to- seriously, <laughs> take it and get out of here, because uh- <laughs> yeah, 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 right. I, the, and if anybody title, asks, like, uh, you don't know me. <laughs> I was so dumb. No title. Like I could have gone to jail. Um, but I, I had to sell my car the first semester because we were like about to go home. We had to be yeah. homeless. So, so I, so I, so I was like, after that, I was like, Oh, it's on. I'm performing every night as many times as I can. So I yeah. bought this motorcycle that I had to turn on with a screwdriver in the cold. It's always raining in Portland. And I would drive my motorcycle in the rain, which is really day, like the rainy Oregon, like all bundled up. I drive it to the train station. I would take that train an hour and a half into Portland every single night and do all the open mics until like four in the morning. I'd wait at each open mic till like two in the morning to perform to two people. And I was right. just doing that every, every day for like, instead of like partying and like, cause like, I couldn't really do that. And it wasn't too bad on my back. Cause it was just sitting on trains and doing stand up. You know, mm-hmm. I would literally, I, I started doing it. I started going out every, I looked up every place you go in Oregon and I spent the rest of my college semester doing that and wow. just started dedicating to, to doing stand up and, and the craft. And then I moved back to um, California after that. A lot of things got better. Um, I actually got like, ended up getting like a nine to five, but I stepped, I kept doing stand up the entire time, just as hard as I, I was um, uh-huh. and out here. And then, and then the pandemic happened. I got laid off. I started working for Capron. And then, okay. Um, yeah. So how did you, well, well, real quick, talk about your, the, the healing, uh, what, like the, oh, the, yes. the little place yes. you went to. Cause I think this is super cool. And I think, um, well, I'll let you describe it, but I think this kind of technology, cause you avoided surgery, correct? Yes. Yeah, so I, I was, I was like telling my parents, I'm going to get surgery. I was, I was going to the, the, the football, uh, trainer and I was like, you guys got to pay for me to get surgery because like, 
I wasn't like being mean like that, but I was like, I was like, can you guys like pay for, cause like, I'm really struggling. And like, this happened to me while I was playing football. Like right. you think like the school could, and they def- they have like programs and stuff that can help me out. But the trainer and my parents were all like, like you should try to do anything before surgery. But I was like so hard headed and I was in, and I was just out of my mind because of how much pain I was in about the thing yeah. that I was like, I was like, I don't care. I was like, I just, I want, I want the quick fix. Like, yeah. I want surgery. I don't, I don't care if, if I won't be able like, I don't, I don't care if it doesn't work. I was like, I, I don't, I'm not going to try anything else. Like I was yeah. like so stubborn about it. Like I was just, I just wanted it to be over because my life was miserable. So, but thankfully, you know, like people were really straying me against it. Like just, just try to do the physical thing. So I was doing a little bit of physical therapy in Oregon. It wasn't really working. And then when I came back to California, I was like, when I move back home, I'm going to get surgery. So when I was working for that nine to five, actually, I had like a surgery planned, like a, like a month like a month later from when I was like where, where I was in this timeline. And I was at this random and I was like the mar- a marketing guy for a construction company. And I really had nothing to do. So I'd go to these chamber of commerce meetings uh-huh. for the city. And dude, like a month before I was going to get surgery when I was there, I literally like they do these things where like they have raffles and stuff and like people talk. And there was a girl, um, this company in Temecula called vitality. And she does this thing. And she, um, uh, she's like one person randomly has won like a 10% off like what services of like what we provide. We're a company we believe in like regenerative, regenerative health, um, spinal decompression, stem cells. And, um, you know, like we, like we, we feel like we feel a lot of people like this way. Like we're like alternative to surgery and stuff. And I was the one person that won the thing like <laughs> of like of that company. No way. I was like, I was like, oh my God, this is why I'm like, dude, God is real. So I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is crazy. So I'm like, I was like, that's insane. So when I get that, I, I go up to her and like, we're talking after the thing and I'm telling her my situation. She's like, she has like such a heart for it. She's like, I'm so sorry. Like, she's like, you got to try this. She's like, don't get surgery. I'm telling you, we've had people yeah. with your injury. Just come try it out. Like you have this discount now. Like you're the only person who will be like, just try it out. Like, I promise you. Like we can, we can make a difference. Like just, just give it a shot. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So like for the next like two months, I started going to this place every day, treating it like football, doing all the physical therapy. They put me in these like machines. I don't even know what they were doing to me, but I was like getting hung upside down. Like I felt like I was in space and like, yeah, like the spinal decompression. So they're kind of gently. Yeah. Like this giant machine that would like, like stretch my back. They would like, they were like teaching me how to like, like get my spine aligned. I was doing cold laser therapy. I was getting shots in my back like twice a day with like stem cells and like, you know, different types of vitamins and stuff. And dude, in a matter of two months, like I have pictures of it too. I was literally like went from like hunched over, bent over to literally like up straight back completely fine. Like it it was, it was crazy, dude. And like, I I was so thankful that, that I had met that person and all that stuff had happened because it like literally changed my life it was amazing wow wow yeah. good for and then, you and then, and then once i was healed i was like oh and then I, my stand-up went to a whole and i was like oh yeah. it was my my energy was back it was awesome dude yeah yeah because the, the physicality of comedies is very important as well so you yeah I bet, I bet you were kind of like having a tough time with that in the beginning because you want to be so expressive and even watching your show like you're kind of running around for certain jokes yeah and, and you know yes. acting out certain uh, situation. It definitely so. limited me. It definitely limited me. But, it, but then you look back on it and it was cool because I learned I had to even do good, even against the worst circumstances. Yeah. So when I, so when I, when I am feeling good, it's like, it's like cake, you know? Right, right, right. That's super cool. So that, that's a crazy, that's a crazy little thing that just worked out too, which was amazing. 
Um, Wild. So, yeah. Such a fascinating story, man. And I'm yeah. so happy for you that that all of that worked out. I'm happy you didn't do surgery. You know, you got everything fixed in in a in a natural and very holistic healing way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now you're doing what you love, and you're hundred percent. Thank you, man. Yeah, and then to to, to finish up that whole story, um, when and then I started working for Capron and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How did how did you meet Capron? So I got laid off of my job, um, and 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 the world shut down. And I pandemic, couldn't do stand up. Yeah. Yeah, I got laid down for my marketing. My, my, I don't even know what I was doing at that job. I hated it too. Like I, I, I was like there for like eight months. I was paid off my student loans. Yeah, I didn't make a dime because it all went to my student loans. <clears throat> um, and then, but again, I got laid off. And then when I was laid off, um, I was just surfing every day and collecting the unemployment. And uh, Corey, Corey Funk, hit me up and was like, "Hey, he's like, you're not working or anything." And I was like, "No." And then he's like, "I saw you're getting a comedy." He's like, "My brother's looking for like an assistant." like a, or like someone to help like with social media. And I was like, I was like, you know, I like, I don't even, I was like, I'm not really doing anything, you know, like I sh- maybe just like go check it out, you know, especially because yeah. like when I was in college, they were always like, learn like uh, in my degree, they're like broadcast news is done, but everyone was like, learn about social media, learn about social media. So I knew that Corey was like really big on social media. I was like, you know, it could be some valuable things to learn for my career or even for comedy to learn about like what, how these guys are, yeah, are doing for sure. this. Now real quick, and, uh, how did, did you yeah. knew Corey before that. How'd you meet Corey? Yeah. So Corey, so Capron and Corey and I are all from the same town. So they oh, live. Okay. So they're from Canyon Lake. I'm from Lake Elsinore, which is, li- I'm literally looking at Canyon Lake right now. Um, so you, so you guys I, grew up as kids. You I knew never Corey. knew Capron. I know. Yeah. But like, so, oh, you know, what's actually crazy. This ties into everything else. Corey, I've known him since like me and Corey were in first grade together. And then we were in oh. fifth grade. So we were, we were always cool. But then we went to uh, middle school. We were cool. And then, but we went to different high schools, but we, you know, gotcha. we're still friends. But like when you go to different yeah, high schools, yeah, yeah. not the same, but Corey, he lived in Canyon Lake right next to where coach Paul lived. And Corey was like a professional scooter rider. Right. So he would see us working out and Corey started working out with us with coach Paul. Oh. So that's how I reconnected with Corey. Cool. So I reconnected. Okay. So like, I hadn't seen Corey in a long time, but I started reconnecting him with that part of my life when I was trying to get good at football and he was trying to get better at school. Yeah. Would never have known that that thing would have also led to like me, like staying close with him to like work with him again one day. That, that's like the craziest thing too. So wow. like coach Paul also like uh-huh. would train Corey. It was awesome. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So uh, I remember actually when Hannah called me to like interview me, Oh no, Capron. Uh, and I was like, I told her everything I did. They're like, yeah, that sounds good. And then Capron called me and he's like, you want to come in tomorrow? Um, we'll like, just, we'll just feel each other out. You know, okay, we'll feel each other out. We'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> uh, love, love, love you so much. You know, like we'll have a good time. We'll have a very, 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 very good time. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, like, like that. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy seems really sweet, but, and, uh, but I didn't really know too much about it. And I, I was kind of like enjoying the unemployment. So I remember that morning, <laughs> That right. morning, like, cause he's like, come over like 9 a.m. I woke up at like seven and I was like, I was laying in my bed and I was like, should I just not go? I was like, do I need, like, I was like, maybe I, and I remember like just sitting and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I don't know what this is. And, but then I, but just something in me was like, just go, just go. And like, <laughs> that scares me. Cause dude, that like was the catalyst for almost everything that, cause I was just doing open mics. I didn't know where, how I was going to like succeed as an entertainer or stand up. Right. And then literally, I, I was like, all right, let's just go and, and see what, what happens. I almost didn't go because I was like, wow. I don't know if I want to do this. I was like, oh. so so literally I went and then 
the rest is history. As you say, I started you know, working. <laughs> me and Capron got close. I met you to kind of tie back to the beginning. Um, yep. And then when the pandemic was over, I, I learned all about this social social media from living with these guys, how to like blow things up. And as soon as the pandemic was over and standup came back, the first guy I start talking to again is Francisco Ramos. Hey, by the way, I've done everything you told me to do. I've been grinding this much on standup and he uh, like performing every night. And also I just live with a bunch of influencers and learned how to blow stuff up. Let me try to blow up your social media. So I, I, so Francisco, just this random kid, he gave this number. I come to him and say, and he's the first guy I start editing for. And I start clipping up his stuff for social media. First video, 7 million views, 8 million views. He jumped <laughs> from like 13,000 followers to like 200,000 on Instagram. Yeah. And then, and then he started, and then he starts like helping me get bigger gigs and like put me on bar shows and then meeting this person. Then I start meeting that and he like, puts me on like the thing. So, so, and I also, I put in the work because he told me go perform as much as possible. And I was like, Hey, yeah. remember me? I'm that crazy guy from college. I did everything <laughs> you said. Here wow. I am. Like, thank you so much for believing me because now I literally pursued it and led to all this. And now I'm also bringing him value. I literally blow up all his yeah. stuff. And uh, the first guy I ever met in comedy who was so cool to me, to uh, gave back to him. And now I work with, I, I tour with him all the time. He, uh, you know, I mean, like we work together closely. So uh, it was kind of a full circle in that moment. And then now I'm just, just doing what I'm doing now, trying to figure out how to do things at the highest degree and yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoy taking, life. Yeah. Enjoying the journey, taking one step at a time, man. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. What a, what an amazing, amazing story. And the best part is yeah. it's just getting started. Like that's just exactly. the beginning of your story, bro. Yeah. You know, for sure. That's like that's origin, so, yeah. that's so cool. And, and you, you, you touched on something that I think is so important that I think people forget sometimes is, is you brought value to that relationship and so, mm-hmm. and then he brings value as well. It's like when, you know, relationships are so, you got to, you got to nurture them and you got to both bring value. That's what makes a great relationship. And um, I think that's so cool that you recognize that and you, you're doing that so, so well and, and connecting with new people and, and, you know, you're, you're, you're helping them first before you're asking, uh, you know, for you know, mm-hmm. advice or, or help along the way. Exactly. That's, that's important. Exactly. And people, people, I think forget that and they want to just come in and, and hope that someone's just going to help them out of nowhere. Absolutely. <laughs> that's just, that's just I, rare. I, I think <laughs> the easiest way to succeed as fast as possible is to serve and support other people around yeah. you, like to the highest degree, because if you can utilize your talents to help someone who's in a higher position than you or someone who has more experience than you and you can do everything you can to like help them succeed, it's just going to pour back into you. And yeah. that that's all about, that's the same thing about having mentors and, and working hard. Like every, your, everyone's time will come, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, if you can use your abilities to help out other people, um, you're, you'll learn so much. Like, I mean, up until this point in my life, I, I I've literally been an assistant to like three different people. I've, I've, I've been an editor for these people. Like I've never been like the, the big star or anything, but I, all I've done is just serve other people to the highest degree yeah. and just work hard for other people. And it's allowed me to learn and, um, see like their mistakes and what they do. Right. And just kind of like learn as I grow to implement it for anything for myself. So yeah, that's kind yeah, of just yeah. my philosophy and like what I've been doing and just listening man. to, that's awesome. li- yeah, listening to people that have done it. I think that's a great thing to do. Like my oldest brother, he was so awesome. Like especially with football and stuff. Um, I just ask him, like, if someone has succeeded and done exactly what you wanted, if you just follow what they say, like word for word, especially if they've done it, you, 
it's just like they're just telling you exactly what they did. If you just follow it, you don't you don't like <laughs> right. question it. You know, like they, they know what they're doing. They, they got to that point. They'll t- they can tell you exactly how to do it. So if you just listen to people that have done this shit before, it doesn't mean yeah. like, they, like they're trying to control you. But if you just do what they say, it's going to work out for you because they, they yeah. know what they're, they're doing. You know, so I think I have a, a good ability to be coachable and like learning. And I think that's a good thing. So, yeah, it's dude, just been co- a blessing. Coachable is, coachable is such a, a, a great, uh, I, I guess, not really a talent, but just a. An, an natural instinct, let's say. Like I always yeah. tell, like when I'm working with directors or, uh, uh, you know, even when I'm working with my coach or my captain in hockey, it's like I, I tell them I want to be coached. I want to be better. So and especially yes. with people who have more experience than I do, mm-hmm. I want them to to, to guide me and, and give me uh, correct criticism for sure. Absolutely, so. yeah. If you just swallow your pride and you listen to people that have done it, it'll always work. You know what I mean? It'll always, Mm -hmm. even if you think, you know, more, even if someone's not like it's, you you can never hurt from hearing someone's perspective and just like being open-minded about what someone thinks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Push, push the ego aside and just be open. Yeah. And, you know, especially in art, it's all subjective. So, you know, listen, and if it, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't align with your taste, it's not a big deal, but at least being open to, um, advice and corrections or, or corrective criticism, whatever you want to call it. Exactly. But exactly. Man, I'm so happy yeah, we so. did this that you're just sharing yeah, your story. I like, yeah. cause I had heard bits and pieces, but hearing it all in yeah. one, uh, like just, man, do you, you, you went through something incredibly difficult and you came out on the other side, even better. You know, you're, you're yeah. better, you're a better person. You're a better athlete. You're a better, a comedian all because of everything, you know, we are who we are today because of the choices we made yesterday. And until we can accept that fact, we have zero control over our life. And, you know, you take responsibility for your choices and you have, you come out on the other side, just, uh, like a, not a new person, but you, you've, you've upgraded, you know, because of the experience you went through and you're, I think you having such good energy and such positive mindset obviously contributed and you know what they say like energy attracts like energy and like that's why that's we right. connected so so quickly i was gonna say because we're we're kind of you know we're kind of operating on that same wavelength and yeah I was, it's yeah. so cool that we get mm-hmm. to do this and bring in guests that that are uh, are connecting to that energy as well and ho- hopefully for sure us, uh having these conversations and sharing these stories with people uh hopefully we're spreading that energy i think that's our ultimate goal with this podcast is is spreading that good stuff so man i'm so glad we did this thanks for thanks for sharing all the stories yeah and i was gonna say so awesome just like you were just like you were saying um um attracting oh got that early morning phlegm um (laughs) attracting other like-minded people and people that our integral part, like in nothing, like I love this thing that MLK, uh, I've read uh, in one of his books. He says, there's no such thing as a self-made man. There's yeah. no, like there's literally, even if you think no. you're the most self-made person, the clothes on your back were weaved by someone in another country. The coffee <laughs> bean you used to yep. fuel you for that day was picked by someone that were like, there's no such thing as a self-made 100%. man. So, yep. um, so, um, and meeting and, and, and meeting you too, like was an integral part of, of the entire story. Like that, Having someone of your, because even at that time, I was I was Capron's assistant, open micer. Have a guy with your amount of experience, coolness, just doing dope stuff. Connect with <laughs> me on that level. 
put me in a freaking movie, dude. When I tell you, when I told my family about that, people were like, what? Like people are losing their <laughs> shit. That was dude. And, 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 and the, the amount of inspiration coming from a guy that has, has done so much traveled the world, entertained on the highest levels to pour into you and believe in you and just see value in you, man. It just speaks to how of a special of a person you are. And it, Thanks, it, it was an integral part in this story and me developing to where I get now being inspired by being on, being on that set, that alien set too, was so inspiring for me to like, it was literally like seeing like one of my favorite directors that I've read about how they created it their own way and how they're like just pursuing what they do to the highest degree, just like how I did with everything else, you know, like you're figuring it out. Like you're not waiting for anybody. You're hiring the right people. You're getting stuff done. That opened my mind to another level that has helped me in so many other facets of what I'm doing now. So I just have to to give you props there. And it's a beautiful thing that um, incredible people come into your life to to help you along the journey. And and you're a big one in mine. Thank you, man. Uh, It's very, very kind of you to say. And uh, yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's an honor to, to, to have this podcast with you and, and share these moments. And, uh, Hey, here, here's to many, many more. Here's, here's to many more. The, the super mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Great stuff. We're just getting started. Just, just getting get, started. Just we gotta do started. We gotta, we gotta do a Riker one now. Uh, we, we definitely can. I feel like people are sick of my story, but, uh, <laughs> no, not even bro. I need to know. Cause I need, I need to get the juice. We can, too, we can Dr. dive Phil. We can dive into the juice for sure. I want the juice. The, I want the. Um, I want. The, I want the Doctor Phil stash. The <laughs> right sounds good. <laughs> um, you telling me you were in a band? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. No, that'll be that'll be great, dude. It's just this is so much fun, and uh, we're we 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 had we've been talking too. We're gonna try to up everything to the next level. Um, a lot of people want more uh, long form. So we're going to work on that. And I think we're going to get some really awesome guests and we're figuring out what this podcast is. And I think this is going to be one of the most fun things that we work together on. So agreed, really agreed. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. Cause we're, we're like, you said a little bit about your story. We're just kind of getting started and figuring it out. So exactly. uh, just want to say we're, we're very grateful for all you listening. Um, and thank you for mm-hmm. spreading the word and sending it to your friends and family. Um, Cause word of mouth is, is so important when you're starting a new project. So very, very grateful for, sure. for that. Uh, Bobby, thank you for sharing your story. This was one of Thank you, man. Definitely was... one of my favorite episodes by a long shot. This is so great. <laughs> and um we'll we'll see you guys next week. This has been yeah. Glass Half Full with Riker and Bobby. Cheers. Toodles. <laughs>